0: Kareem. Chloe. Hi. How are you? I'm
1: great, thanks. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. We've got lots and lots of snow out here at the moment.
1: Is it very idyllic when you look out the window?
0: Oh, my God. It is picture perfect.
1: Send me a photo after the call.
0: I will. I will, absolutely. I might actually sit outside. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Do you have your tea?
0: I do have my tea, I have a blanket, I have like the most gorgeous view you could possibly imagine, and and I feel really ready to drop in with my friend, Chloe.
1: Yeah, awesome.
0: My introduction to men's work started around 2012, and again, I just didn't have too much experience with it, and I was introduced to it through uh, a guy by the name of Jim Benson, and we had been doing something called Tea Group, which is uh, this kind of group where people get together and just tell each other what's really up. It's like all the social niceties and everything fall away, and people just really get real with each other. And I had never experienced anything like that before, and I loved it. Because in growing growing up in London, I had felt like a lot of the time people weren't always saying what was really going on underneath the surface, and it drove me crazy. And so when I got to San Francisco, it felt like everyone was doing it. And then in this group, it was like everyone was doing it on steroids and I loved it. And I met this guy called Jim Benson who invited me to his men's group, which was in a place called Marin, which is just north of San Francisco. And And it was a relatively small group. There was about maybe six or seven of us. And there's all kinds of different things you can do in men's work. There's some of the more going out into the woods and lighting fires and banging on drums and there's a lot of stuff about mission and purpose and being out there in the world and engaged but this group actually felt a lot different it felt like very therapeutic and quite frankly that's what i needed at the time because at that particular time in my life even though i was i think i was probably about 30 years old I actually needed to be around a group of men that were supporting each other, grow up a little bit and heal some of the wounds that we had from childhood, especially as, as growing up as young boys and not having strong male role models. And so we came into this environment and Jim was incredible. He was just really loving and supportive and creative and cheeky. And and every night he would come into the circle and you just knew he hadn't prepared. <laughs> you were just like, this guy Has done, hasn't thought about the group up until the moment where he stepped in. But that was brilliant because every night he improvised and he would come up with things just straight off the top of his mind. And and every night was different and unique. And it was very, just for lack of a better word, healing and supportive. And we became very close as a group. In fact, one of the guys from the group ended up becoming one of the best men at my wedding. One of them is still one of my best friends. So it was very a very nurturing experience. So i just pause there and just say that that was like my first experience into the world of men's work, and it really left a deep imprint for me.
1: What are some of the things that you felt like it helped you get through as a man that you didn't get with society?
0: Well, just at that time, I felt like a, very much like a boy. Again, I was 30, so I was supposed to be acting like a man, and I was pretending like I was a man, but inside I felt very weak and insecure and didn't have a a tremendous amount of self-confidence. And I think growing up the way I had, I was taught that you had to muscle through that and excel and achieve and all of those types of things, but inside I was just feeling very weak and collapsed. And I didn't really know that there was a place that I could go and talk about that. I knew about therapy, but I didn't really know that there was a place where I could talk to other men about that and also have a kind of environment where other men could share about their feelings around those types of things. And it was just like, thank fuck. Because A, I felt less alone in that experience. And B, I felt like there was a now a group of friends and brothers that I could get support with in going beyond that. Healing it, not muscling through it, but actually transforming it. And it wasn't the complete picture because I eventually, as I started to grow and as I started to heal and my, as my sort of strength started to develop, I found like the container was a bit too small for me. And I needed the purpose and the mission and the challenge and the fire and the woods. It felt like the next phase for me. But before I could go into that, I needed some very deep emotional healing, and that was the first place where I felt like I really got that from Jim and from the other guys in the group.
1: And what were some of the activities or exercises or modalities that you guys practiced? Was it strictly just through talking, or were there lessons?
0: There was definitely no real lessons, but every month Jim would come up with new stuff like we would write our life story and each week someone would step up in front of the group and present their life story and that was really powerful because we all came from different walks of life there was like someone well I won't go into specifics just for confidentiality but I'll just say that we all came from very different walks of life but we'd all gone through similar experiences that we hadn't quite processed things that had happened to us when we were younger that we felt ashamed about embarrassed about hurt by and when you start to hear everyone's stories you were like oh man like this guy coming up and being brave and sharing things that i don't know i would have the courage to share it felt like it was healing for me and gave me permission to share the stuff that i'd never told anyone it was a whole variety of different things that he had us do
1: What does that look like for a man, that transition between being a boy to a man?
0: The running narrative is something along the lines of we, as men in this contemporary Western society, don't often get initiated, or the initiations that we do get are a little bit lackluster, drugs, gangs, whatever else, and oftentimes they're more uh, generic. I think marriage can be something that a lot of men do get initiated into, But in more traditional societies, there were initiations that were like thresholds that you would cross over and you went from being a boy to a man through some kind of rite of passage or initiation. I think Jim's group was an initiation not into a world of like manhood. It was more of initiation into like just growing up from a place of emotional maturity. The next group that i was part of which again it was at a time in my life where i'd left jim's group and i was feeling the need to be around a circle or a tribe of men and my friend had told me about this group in the east bay east of san francisco in a place called berkeley where out in the woods in tilden they would light fires and circle up around the fires at night And I can't go into the specifics of what they do in that group because, again, they're very strict about confidentiality, not for any other reason than it's just good for men to be able to express themselves and know that it's not going to go outside of the circle afterwards. But what I can let you know is that as part of the process of joining that group, they have you do this thing called house cleaning where it's about 9 to 12 weeks and it's just this giant list of to-do's. And some of them are very like logistical and sort of get your house in order, uh, go see the doctor, get an STD check, all kinds of things that we know we should do, but on some level, unless we're told we have to do it, you're not going to go down and comprehensively just go through this list. And, but then the list also included things like speak so that you can be heard. Learning to speak in front of a group of men so that your voice is heard. Amidst all the different voices, your, your voice becomes something that people listen to. And you get very clear about your purpose and your mission. And you have to express it to the men so that they hear you and that they believe you and that there are a stand for you going out into the world and making that happen. There are things around writing letters to people who you've hurt. I ended up writing a letter to my father and telling him all the things that I'd never had the courage to tell him. And years later, when my father got sick and had dementia and I had to go back and take care of him and clean up his house, I found that letter on his desk. And it was an incredibly powerful moment for me because I realized how much that letter meant meant to him. And that was one of many things that we had to do as we went through this initiation over 9 to 12 weeks, where at the end of the 12 weeks, those guys, our team, Because there are a number of different teams. And I had to stand in front of them with my list. And I had to say that this is what I did over the last 12 weeks. And they would tell me whether or not they felt like I was ready to stand with them around the circle. And what was amazing about that experience was when I did pass, which I did, the first time around as well, I felt like I had earned my place standing by the fire. And that's really just as a member of the circle. That's not as anything more than that. That's not as a leader. That's not as anything else. That's just as a member of the circle, I've earned my right to stand there. And I felt like I was part of a circle of true friends and brothers. And then over time, the next two years, like I worked my way up and eventually I became a leader in that circle. As I was doing that within the men's circle, I ended up having meeting the woman who I would eventually marry, and I got married, and I had, you know, this send-off by those guys who did a circle for me before I got married, and I had a daughter, and the whole time I had this group of brothers that were there supporting me, and I was supporting them, and it was incredible.
1: Wow. So you found something on that outskirts of society that gave you that rite of passage or that initiation to the next phase of your life feel like that's missing yeah. in, in so many people and they don't know where to go, where to find that, or even that it's available. Mm-hmm. And you just came across it by chance because of a friend?
0: Yeah, I'd say the more woo-woo response is that I was led there and I have been led there and I've continued to be led through all the different circles. I'm now very deeply involved in men's work and I lead my own circles and I feel the initiations are all part of being led through these different containers. But if you wanna go slightly less (laughs) heroic, let's just say that I looked for it, I actively sought it out, I got a taste of it and I knew that was something that I needed and that was something that would benefit me and and I just went out and looked for it. Unfortunately, I was living in the Bay where that stuff is more readily abundant than let's say London where I grew up, although maybe it is more available in London than I realized, but when I was 30, I was ready and I found it and uh, I've been involved with it ever since.
1: So how does one find it now? Where is the first place they can look at? Let's say they live in L.A. or New York or Florida. Who yes, can they reach absolutely. out to? What is the first steps that they can take?
0: Well, one of the benefits of this pandemic, and i say like one of the few benefits, but one of the, the benefits of COVID is that we've all had to shift into this virtual environment. The first person that I mentioned is called Jim Benson. You could look him up. I'm not sure what his website is, but he's a men's coach leader and also he does sexuality, kind of tantra, that kind of thing. The second group I was part of was called the Men's Circle. And they've now gone virtual. And so they have this much wider outreach where guys are suddenly showing up from all over the place. And you can do the house cleaning process that I just mentioned. You can sit in on these virtual circles. And even when the pandemic ends, whenever it does, that virtual circle is going to keep going. And so people from all over, whatever state you're in or whatever part of the world you're in, depending on the time difference, but you can join the circle, sit in, do the house cleaning and become part of that experience that I described. So maybe we can send out some links afterwards. There's another amazing guy who I've had the fortune, good fortune to work with. His name is Justin Patrick Pierce. He's uh, one of David Dada's students and he does these circles. I forget what it's called. I think they're based in L.A., but again, they do these virtual circles. So I would highly recommend him and his organization. And then I'll just say that I'm going to mention a couple of my other personal favorites, but I'll say on a wider scale, there is the Mankind Project. There's an awesome group that I've not actually been part of, but I've listened to some of their podcasts. They're called Sacred Sons. There's the Rising Man podcast. They're taking it outside of just the sort of heteronormative sort of white male world, which a lot of men's work unfortunately has centered around. And now they're taking it out into a much broader context, much more inclusive, much more indigenous with much deeper roots. And another podcast that I'll mention that's very uh, helpful, uh, The Mystic Masculine, which the guy, I don't know his name, but he interviews some fascinating people on a broad range of topics. Again, Very, very intelligent podcasts. So those would be some great places to start. And then I'll mention another organization that I'm part of called CORE, C-O-R. And when I was part of Jim Benson's group, there was a guy there who had mentioned that he was training up as a facilitator, this program called Noble Man, and I said, well, if you're leading, I'd love to be part of that, and he invited me to come and join and at that stage I was a little bit cocky because I'd done so much men's work I said to myself yeah, it's going to be men's work I've done it I know exactly what's coming up I don't really need to prep or prepare for this and so I didn't really read any of the lead-in material and when we showed up there was a bunch of guys and we circled up outside of a barn and and Stephen and this other facilitator Lee they, they showed up and they said okay welcome guys we're going to be spending the next four days together but this is going to be slightly different from any men's work you've done before and I was like what and Lee pointed to the bar and he said this is going to be a a men's retreat that's led by women what and uh went into the barn and there they were and I will tell you (laughs) how holy crap like I said, I've been through a lot of initiations at this point, a lot of men's work, but when I went into that barn and when I went through those four days, that was one of the most powerfully transformative, beautifully held, and challenging containers I've ever been part of. And it culminates in initiation, which again, I won't go into because I don't want to ruin it for those who want to go and experience it for themselves, but it's an initiation where you can't rely on any of the tools, skills, techniques you've learned as a man, where you have to surrender and step into the unknown and what happened for me in that initiation what i saw happen for other men was like it it was like my life would never be the same after that initiation and i came out just like even the next day i had work and my work shifted completely the next day and uh, they are doing some beautiful work very much relating to healing the uh, division between let's say men and women again it's very nuanced with masculine and feminine and the evolving conversation around gender and all of that kind of thing. But they're doing some beautiful work, especially around healing the wounds with men and women. And And I would recommend them. Their website is core, C-O-R com, And they have a program for men held by women called Noble Man, And they have an, a program for women held by men called Radiant Woman. And they have a number of other different things. And I've spent the last three years working with them, experiencing their work, and they're just high integrity, good, and very skilled facilitators as well. So I would recommend them too.
1: Wow, that is so smart to do it that way. What a twist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about how healing these deep-rooted core issues reflect off of someone coming into the world and relating to other human beings in their day-to-day life
0: yeah yeah that's a deep question
1: no pressure
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's so many different things like the initiation piece is that if you meet an initiation with the sort of the energy of, you can meet it with like just another thing. It's just another thing I do at another workshop in the Bay area. And it's, yeah, you can meet it that way. Or if you say to yourself, I don't care if this is just that for a number of people. For me, it's an initiation where I want to cross a threshold. I want to take my life to a different level. And here's this group of people that want to support me with that. Well, let me give it hundred percent in the time that I found men's work, gym, core, the men's circle. And one other thing that I'll mention in a second. I found a woman of my dreams. I've had a daughter. I'm about to have a son. I have met some of the people that are the best friends, best men at my wedding. I have a really good career, which I found around that time. I lead my own men's groups. I have seen other men do very similar things, where they found their purpose, they found their voice, they've They've really been able to transform in a way that I don't think otherwise they might have been able to. It's not complicated. It's very instinctual, genetic, sort of like primal. Put men around a fire and see what happens. Sometimes there will be fighting, but for the most part, what happens is that, oh my God, I needed this. I just needed this council. I needed to be around other men talking about what's going on in my life because I don't oftentimes get the chance to do that. If you put a container around that with skilled facilitators, with experience, wisdom and heart, magic starts to happen. And, and it does. It shows up in the rest of our lives.
1: What is something that you've observed as a facilitator and also someone who has gone through the program of all these different groups Some common themes that men experience, what is it that they're seeking that they don't get already within society? Obviously, the brotherhood, the initiation Mm -hmm. of emotional maturity.
0: Mm -hmm. What else? Mm -hmm. Being able to talk about things that are going on in our lives, I You can tell I'm really into men's work because I literally just joined another group called Council of Fathers. I just moved to Boulder and I'm starting afresh with new new communities, new people. And yeah, just sitting with a group of fathers. And every day with my wife and with my daughter and we're, we're oftentimes navigating it as if we're the first people to ever have done that in isolation. When in fact there's, I guess, millions of us right now doing the same thing. And those who've gone before us, those who are about to come through, those who are waist-deep in it. And so to be able to talk about it and just be like, oh, you have that experience as well? Oh, I thought I was the only one. Or like, yeah, sometimes I get angry with my kids. I didn't know it was okay to, to say that. Like, yeah, of course, it's just part of the deal. How you repair after that, how you navigate that, that's the process. And just to be able to be like with other guys, making sense of that together is a good experience. It's a great experience. And I think again with the pandemic it's not as readily available but sitting under the stars out in nature sitting around a fire it's something that like we don't always get a chance to do and when you get a chance to experience it it's it impacts the rest of your life it's so simple so basic we're out here trying to biohack everything these days we're trying to optimize our meditation, get the ultimate workout, do, you know, breath work and all these different things, diets. And sometimes the most obvious thing in the world is go and connect with people that you love and sit in a group of friends that you trust. And all of your neurosis and all of your, you know, endless kind of difficulties will start to just, you forget about them for the time being. And so I think that is, part of it is just to to come together and and be in community with each other. And I think you can do that with men and women. I've I've done groups where that's the case, and it's really, really powerful too. But men doing that as men together is also something that I think a lot of people can benefit from. Mm
1: -hmm. Which virtual communities are you a part of now if they want more information? Is it core yeah, that I are just um, part of?
0: Well, let me say just a few more things that I've been uh, been part of. I've mentioned uh, a few of the more, the groups that are out there that people can plug into, and then I'll segue into mine. But I'll say there's another uh, couple of groups I wanted to just give a nod to. There's a guy called John Wineland, who is, I think he's based out of L.A., and he's doing, he's again like Justin, Patrick Pierce. He's one of David Data's students, the sort of new generation. Justin Patrick Pierce and then John Wineland are great guys to plug into. And so I would look up his website, johnwineland.com. And then there's this group called Inside Circle where they did a a documentary called The Work. And they go inside prisons and they do these men's circles inside of prisons. Uh, I would recommend checking out them because they do the stuff inside prisons, but now they take the circles outside of prisons and they have – the circles so that everyone can benefit from the kind of healing that happens within the prisons, also outside. It's like an outreach type of thing. So uh, I would recommend that. And then for the work that I do, I'm very much involved with CORE right now, C-O-R, um, experience.com. And I'm really moved by the stuff that they do. And and then I lead my own circles, which I keep very low-key, actually. While I think that it's important to spread the word and have lots of people coming through and you can through these various different people that I've mentioned. I like to also have the simplicity and the hearth of a fire circle, a group of friends coming together and keeping it very intimate and small. That said, with all the links that we send out afterwards, I'll put my link out there too that people can reach out to me if they're interested in in contacting me or learning a little bit more about the work that I do.
1: How has this affected you as a father?
0: That's a good question. Well, I'll just say that about in 2009 it was with a friend of mine and she just said to me you know kareem i don't think you're going to be the kind of person that's going to have kids and i said well, i don't think i'm going to be the kind of person that's going to have kids either i just i felt very just because of my upbringing and this is all before i'd done the work that we talked about i am felt quite shut in and the idea of being responsible for anyone other than myself since i can barely look after myself was something that i just didn't want to take on and now, all these years later, I have this beautiful two-year-old girl, and I'm, I'm about to become the father of a young boy. I think in terms of my relationship to my daughter, I'm just more loving, more patient, more present. In terms of how I'm going to be with a father, like I get to do this for him. You know? <laughs> If you could look at this work as being something like I did all this work for myself, and it's now I did all this work so I can be a better father for him and for her and that's what it's all about and sort of paying it forward and that he gets to grow up in a house with hopefully (laughs) a dad that listens to him a dad that knows where to send him in terms of getting support and uh, a dad that knows how to uh, love him and care for him and champion him and (laughs) let him go out into the world when he needs to with a good foundation underneath his feet
1: what are some major nuggets that you hope to impart upon your children?
0: Have fun. <laughs> Don't take life too seriously. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's a big one.
0: <laughs> what else? I think just living in a spirit of trust and surrender. You know, I think what I learned from a lot from men is, you know, to do that in a way that's powerful and living on purpose and, I think what I learned from a lot of the women teacher in my life is sort of like holding all of that in a spirit of surrender and and trust and finding a balance between those two things, being out in the world and not burning yourself out in the process and that you can can lean into trusting something other than just yourself. And I grew up feeling really scared a lot of the time of all the things that could happen to me and that. might happen to me and i think one of the biggest gifts that you can pass on to a kid is to learn you teach them to be discerning but not to be fearful and that they can sort of trust life and i think that's just you pass that on by by living that way yourself the last person that i'll mention is my primary teacher is a man i'm actually not even going to mention his name he's someone who does a lot of underground work. But he's really the one that taught me more than anything that it's okay to show up for life. Doors are gonna open, walk through them. There is nothing to be scared of. Don't be foolish, but don't be fearful. And live your life, say yes to it, like open to it. And sometimes life is gonna be hard. That's not a sign that anything's wrong. That's just a sign that sometimes it's hard. But more than anything else, just show up for your life because life is incredible and no need to live in a state of anxiety. It's it's good. Even when it's not good, it's good.
1: So for someone like me, this work makes a lot of sense, and I feel it's the missing piece to the growth and maturity and evolution of men existing within society. But for someone who doesn't necessarily have the language or the understanding or the concepts already in mind, how would you describe this to them?
0: The men's work in particular?
1: Yeah, just to break it down in layman's terms. What is it? Yeah, How-
0: yeah absolutely. Well, I'll just say this. That at my wedding, I invite a lot of my friends from England. These are people that i would known since I was a teenager, sometimes since I was like three or four years old. And that's not their world. That's just not their world. And I remember when my best man was... Talking at the wedding, and he was like, "Last week we all went out into the woods, and we gave Kareem a send-off before he got married." And you could hear my friends from England sniggering. They're like, "What on earth is he talking about?" And I was just like, "A, hey, how do I explain this to them?" So I said there's a couple of ways you explain it. Is a, you don't try and explain it, because if someone's not really ready for it, they're not really. You're not going to be able to explain it. It doesn't make sense. When someone's ready for it, you can like just. You show up the way you are, like you embody it. And if someone's interested, they come up and say, I noticed something different about you. What is it that you're doing? Or you mentioned that you're you're doing this men's work. Can you tell me more about it? And when they're ready, you can tell them about it. And and if they're interested, they'll come along. But uh, I don't feel the need Mm. to try and convince anyone. And then the other piece is for my wedding again like my friends from London wanted to do a best man party the way we used to do when we were in London and I was like no I'm not doing that (laughs) because I can't do that anymore it's too hard on my system and I'm going to show up to the wedding feeling like ashamed of myself so (laughs) I said why don't you guys let me take care of it and what we what I had them do is I said just come to San Francisco and on this day I'm going to ask you to show up to my house and then we're all going to go off on an adventure together and you just have to trust me. And they were like, oh, I don't know about this, Ash. what are we going to do? And I said, just trust me. And so we all went together and I got some of my, my friends from the Bay here and people that I trusted. And we all went to the woods and, and we spent the night in ceremony together. And and <laughs> the next day we held council and we did a, a men's circle together. And... I saw those guys, friends that I'd never seen cry before, like Kirk, you know, just crying sort of tears of joy, just tears of, I, I had no idea. I had no idea this is what you were doing. I had this visceral experience of it and it was completely transformative for them, still talk about it to this day, years later. And it's just this thing of, if you really want someone to experience it, let them experience it if they're available for that.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. I like that approach. It's the most invasive and
0: least resistant of a way. Yeah, I learned that from like 12 step and those types of programs where it's just, I think they say something along the lines of attraction, not promotion. And it's, you really can't convince anyone to do anything they don't want to do, but you know, if you can live it and embody it, people are going to, whoever needs it is going to find their way over to you. Just the way I found my way to gym and to all the places I needed to find my way to. Do you think 12
1: step was the first? avenue that opened the door of this type of way of looking at yourself because it definitely was for me i'm not an alcoholic by any means or a drug addict but i loved going to meetings at that time because it gave me the framework to look at myself
0: yeah absolutely no i agree it's great to go into a place where people are just talking about what's real in their lives and working about talking about solution and and there's a faith and spirituality and for some people that's a turn off, but for me it wasn't. It was like thank God <laughs> So yeah, I think CrossFit's that's a really great resource for people if they just want to plug in and yeah. I don't know what they, their thoughts are if you're not an alcoholic going to AA meetings, but I was the same way, I wasn't an alcoholic, but I went there just because it was like it was like a sanctuary or something. You could just go in there and at the when you were struggling or whatever else you just went in there and just listening to people be real and truthful and it was just like very supportive.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think specifically, I believe, if my memory serves me right, the fourth or fifth step in particular is what really made an effect on me when you write down all the people in your life that have, is it that have done you wrong or you felt like they've done you wrong and then you see where where that experience yeah, is repeating itself?
0: Yeah, the inventory and all the places where you've hurt people, you've been hurt and, and then you share it with someone else it's,
1: Yeah, for me, these alternative ways of healing and going in have been a lot more helpful than any type of Western psychotherapy where it's completely analytic. That didn't really help me so much. I know that helps a lot of people, but the things like women's circles that are similar to the men's circles that you speak of, that's what really helped me evolve and become my true self and best self to show
0: up in the world absolutely yeah yeah unfortunately we've got you know there's access to all kinds of different things like somatic therapy body-based psychotherapy which isn't so analytic and men's circles women's circles and the, all the other different things that are available and that can be a thing where you get lost in those and, you need a therapist and a couples counselor and a men's circle and a shaman, it's like you should get lost in that. (laughs) I think, again, if you approach it with a little bit of balance and find out what works for you, and then it can really be supportive, especially with healing those old emotional wounds and there's community, there's the one-on-one work. I think it's all all beneficial.
1: Yeah. And also what you said earlier, you don't have to stay with something once you've outgrown it. Also Mm -hmm. very important to mention within each step there is an evolution
0: absolutely you've got to keep evolving and keep growing but at the same time if it works so you can stay with it too like 12 step, you know, people spend their entire lives in 12 steps and i've seen people who've been with it since they were like 18 and they're in their you know, 40s now and and i've seen the shift and the change that's happened it's like maturity wisdom that can only really happen if you stay with one thing and deepen into it right, versus going with a thousand different things but at the same time, sometimes you just need to go and need to try new teachers, new therapists, um, new groups.
1: Can you talk a little bit about the relationship between discernment and discipline?
0: Discernment and discipline.
1: So knowing when to stay with something because it is helping you. So that would be the discipline yeah. of always showing up and not running off to 20 others. But oh, yeah, okay, gotcha. To know when to
0: move on. Yeah, absolutely. i just talk about it in terms of relationships. I think with my relationship to my wife, there was a sort of commitment that I made before I committed to her, and it was just a moment where I wasn't sure, and I had to go off into nature and spend time just reflecting on, is this the person I want to spend the rest of my life with? And and then when I was out in Mount Shasta, the download came. Of course, you bloody idiot. She's amazing. And I was like, okay. And I remember going up to my teacher, the one I mentioned earlier, and I said, I think I'm going to commit to Aviva and marry her. And he said, good. And she needs a strong man, not a scared little boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I, my bubble burst in that moment, but... He was absolutely right. It was like, is he going to make that commitment? Stick with it. And I went back and I committed and I felt terrified the moment I did. Like that little boy inside of me started, what have you done? Oh my God. But relationships are hard. And and over the years, there've been times where if I didn't have that commitment, I would make excuses and run. But the fact that those exit routes have been shut down, it's like I'm committed. And as a result, we've gone so much deeper and so much we've gotten so much closer. And so that's a time where discipline and commitment is like a benefit. And then there are plenty of times where it's like sometimes a, a relationship, maybe it's abusive or whatever else has run its natural course, and then you have to exercise discernment and say, this isn't about commitment. This is about common sense. This is about like my emotional you know, health or psychological health. And that could be said to be true for a therapist, an organization, like a men's circle, or whatever. It's like you have to say to yourself, am I staying here for the right reasons? And that could be it's not healthy for me to stay, or I need to evolve beyond that. My needs have not changed. They're different than they were like five years ago And I needed, to, my little boy needed to, to be held. Now it's, I need to be out there doing my purpose, creating. Okay, I need to be with a slightly different group to make that happen. Can we
1: talk a little bit about how and when you realized your wife is the one and the right one. <laughs> so I, love talking to, I love talking about love. We don't, we don't have to mention her name.
0: Her <laughs> name is Aviva, and she is, <laughs> she is a force of nature. I even, she's got, like, personality plus is what we say about her. And she's, like, fierce and strong and... Loving and tender and, like, my total (laughs) match, if not slightly more powerful than me. So, like, she puts me in my place. She's just wonderful. And how I knew she was the one was uh, I was a dog walker. When I first started doing the men's work, I was out walking dogs, and it was good for me because I had spent so much time in my head or hiding away. And I got this job where I had to, you know, walk packs of dogs every day and go into different people's homes because I had to pick up the dogs and... One day there was just this really elderly lady. And she had, you could tell she had been brilliant. She was probably like a Berkeley professor, or I think she was maybe a lawyer. I can't remember, but she was really brilliant when she was younger. And she was at that stage now where Alzheimer's and dementia had started to kick in. And you could see people, her relatives, everyone was looking after It's not easy when someone goes into that phase. You're getting on with your life, but you've got this person that you have to look after. And you want to look after her, but you've got your own things. You could see people were doing the best but she was getting neglected and and Aviva came walking dogs with me one day and we were in the house and we met her and and I just saw how Aviva just stepped up and just stepped in and was just like looking after her and it was something that was not contrived or pretentious she just stepped in and uh, and she's looking after you and making sure that all the phone numbers were in place and that she was you know, she wasn't just some person that we'd run into. She was, something inside of her was just like, I, I'm going to take care of you. And for me, it was a no-brainer. I was like, oh, this woman's incredible. I'll spend the rest of my life with this woman. There's lots more to say on that subject, how she is as a mother, how she is as a wife, and then also how she is as, like, a leader and a guide and a therapist and She's just amazing. So there's lots of different reasons. But it was that moment where I just saw how she showed up for this person. She didn't know that sealed the deal for me. Beautiful.
1: Is she a part of women's work, Women's Circle?
0: Yeah, she she runs Women's Circle.
1: <laughs> oh, okay.
0: You'll have to get her on the next podcast because she, she's got her own her whole thing. I don't even know if she's promoting her circle at the moment, but... She does run a circle like every other week and she runs it with some women here. And yeah, it's really starting to take off. So and it's cool that we're doing, I'm doing the men's work and she's doing the the women's work. Mm.
1: Is there something that you could recommend for women listening to this? If they're looking for something similar?
0: I would recommend Core Experience. They have something called Radiant Women, which I mentioned earlier. And then they also have I think it's called Core Women Experience, which is like the first one. So it's like just women. I have to find the, the name exactly. I think it's called the Core Women Experience. least the the civilization of Pritavsky is incredible and Chandra, um, incredible. So anyway, I would start, they're, they're a very good organization in terms of integrity. And then they do work with, after that you can do ongoing women's circles through them or they do the Radiant Woman, which is, a women's circle that's held and supported by men, as well as other women facilitators as well. And that would be a good place to start. And uh, I'll speak to my wife and see if she wants to put a link out there as well.
1: Awesome. Okay. Thanks, Karim.
0: Yes, my pleasure. My pleasure. so nice to be able to talk about these things. I love them.
1: Yeah, this is so informative. I think it will be a surprise to many people that this is even available.
0: Yeah, it was a surprise to me.
1: Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. I'm I'm happy that you're doing this type of work and helping so many people pass through that kind of rite of passage. We need it. Yeah. Definitely need it in this world.
0: Yeah, well, my pleasure. Thanks, Chloe. I'll
1: talk to you soon. All
0: right. See you. Bye.
1: Bye.